This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Uh, okay, this is awkward, but this bike says he'd appreciate it if you removed his skull pattern saddlebags. He feels self-conscious about them around all the other bikes, and he says you're not fooling anyone. You mostly ride with your golfing buddies. <laughs> Listen, I'm just the messenger here. Oh, no, I don't want to say that. I think you made yourself clear. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of That Mill Podcast, edition number six of the 2022-23 season. Joining myself, Omar, is my regular co-host, Mr. Mickey Simpson. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. You all right? Not bad, Tar. Looking forward to previewing our season, mate, and giving some predictions later on in the show. Yes, mate. It'll be, uh, yeah, it'll be, be a good crack. It'll definitely be a good crack. So, uh, so yeah. Looking forward to that. Anyway, and also joining us is Joe. How you doing, pal? You good? I'm good, thanks. How you doing, guys? You all right? You good? Yeah, all good. Looking forward to doing the show. Obviously, you guys, if you're new around here, be sure to like the video, subscribe if you're new. In today's show, we're going to do a first part, recapping pre-season. Obviously, a few games that we've had, talk about that, our thoughts and kind of ambitions or pessimisms going into the season. I'm sure we might be a little bit of that as well. And then in part number two, we'll talk about uh, some little funny predictions like play of the season, young play of the season, goal of the season, um, and just throw a few things out there and see what we can come up with. So we'll go straight to part number one now and talk all things pre-season. All right, welcome back to the first part of the show. I'm sure Mickey's going to point out that I made a mistake there. Go on, Mickey. No, no, I wasn't. I was, I wasn't. I was going to do. I, was, I wanted to say something else. I was uh, going to sit there and say, you know, much appreciation to Joe for Friday night um, or Thursday night when we did the space, and um, it was about ten to ten to eight. And we were going to go live, and I just said, 
by the way, you need to leave this show because um, <laughs> my boy, I've had to take my boy to a, a walk-in emergency centre. So um, I'll be on the call, but you're going to have to leave it in case I need to kick in and out. So yeah, um, he I him I kick the deep end. That was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was that was massively. And the worst yeah. bit was I could keep coming back, but I could hear I was listening to it all, but I was keep coming up and. And everything, but no, it went well, and we'll probably no doubt do another one this week. So it's all good. I'm glad, glad your boys were right anyway, which is good, just amazing. Yeah, no, it's, all, it's all good. So, uh, so yeah, um, if you haven't listened to that, it's the last show on there, obviously, the live interactive Mill fan show number one of the 22 23 season. But, uh, chaps, I thought we'd just talk a bit about pre season in general. Obviously, we've had a few results kicked off of a four or five four defeat at Crystal Palace's training grounds, followed by a tuna win over Dartford, and then obviously, we had a one nil win over Colchester. A nil-nil draw with Hammerby, and then followed that up with the last game of preseason, a one-one draw um, at the Den against Ipswich. We'll throw the training game in there as well. Obviously, a five-nil win over Bromley, same day as Dartford. Uh, but Joe, how are you feeling after preseason, mate? Kind of excited? How you, what's the kind of mood you're feeling at the moment? Yeah, a little, a little bit apprehensive, I guess, because you know you're, you're hoping for, I guess, better performances in the last sort of couple of games against Hammerby and, and Ipswich. I think quite um, do that a little bit for whatever reason. Um, what what was quite encouraging is you know we lose we lose five four to Palace one of our first our first um, friendlies but I hear that Palace beat QPR yesterday three nil and it's quite convincing as well so when you when you kind of measure us against them and how well they did compared to ourselves um, I think we, we we did we did reasonably well um, one thing I did notice as well in the last couple of games is we never really kind of went for it whether that was on purpose whether our boys just looked at it as a friendly didn't want to get injured, didn't want to overexert themselves. Um, they didn't really come, come out all, all guns blazing, whereas the opposition seemed to play quite well against us, both Hammerby and, and Ipswich. So you've got to take it as a pinch of salt, haven't you, I guess? And um, you just hope for a much better, more improved performance. And they're probably saving their best for uh, for Stoke next on, on Saturday. Is pre-season something for you, results matter, uh, Joe? Or is it maybe... Obviously, the priority is getting fitness and the players not getting injured. But I feel like, especially in recent years, pre-season shifted away a bit from getting the results in, scoring loads of goals. Instead, it's more prioritise getting the minutes in, start to form them little partnerships on the pitch. And then anything else on top is a bit of a bonus, it feels like, for managers nowadays. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think in, in previous years, where we haven't been so adventurous in the transfer market, you don't you don't really look forward to pre-season games because it is what it is. You don't really get excited about it. But I think this season was different. It's like the season because you were looking forward to seeing the likes of Honey Moon and Fleming and Cresswell and how they're going to you know merge with the rest, of the rest of the group of players and how they're going to perform. So there was that element of excitement. But ultimately, it is just a friendly in the day. And I guess... You know, answer to your, to your question, I don't think the results matter too much. It's more about the performance and just see how the team gels together. Mickey, what do you reckon, mate? I mean, pre-season as a whole I've, and how about pre for you? I've never really been a massive pre-season fan. Um, I think pre-seasons are pre-seasons. They're just, like you said, you know, they're just a time for players to start gelling um, and also just to get match time underneath their belts. Um, and obviously, if it's competitive and it's a you know a good game, then great. But I don't normally necessarily go. I mean, I've, I've been to a few this season with you boys, but I don't normally necessarily go to the pre-season because they're just they're pointless. But you know, they 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 are what they are. But um, I don't know. It's sort of you, you're hit with 
a bit of both. Like the Palace game, with the result we got from the Palace game, it was a bit exciting and thought, do you know what? We, 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 could, we could have it here. And then we done, obviously, what did we do? Dartford next. And then it's sort of, okay, we won 2-0, but it was just flat. It was, you know, it was it was as if we were just idling along in first gear. We didn't actually step it up. And then since then, we've not really um, seems to really have stepped it forward. Hannonby, I think we just we just coasted that. We didn't really, neither one of us, I think, really gave it. There's a few of their players I wouldn't mind signing, if I'm honest. Um, but no, a few players have been disappointed with. During pre-season, few players have been wait till they get in the championship. These, I think, these boys are really gonna gonna have it. But again, we're probably going to more details with those in a bit. But no, sort of a bit. Come it's on, a... name players you've been disappointed with. Who, who's been disappointed you? I'm interested to see who you got for us. I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but who's who's not really done it for you this pre-season? I think Malone isn't necessarily the Malone from last season. Um, but that could be purely because Rowett's overworking him a bit too much. Um, I think I'm not really disappointed. I just think that I think there's been too much pressure put on him by our fan base as a whole. But I think um, Fleming, Fleming's probably going to take maybe 10 games, I think, to settle in. Um, and hopefully he does settle into it. But he does, you know, the championship is a fast game. It, it you know, compared to European football, it it's a full-on game. So hopefully he'll be able to settle into that. He's got some energy about him, but he just looks a bit lost occasionally. Um, and sort of, I don't know, doesn't doesn't look as if I don't know, not not lost as in don't know what he's doing, just lost as in it sort of over overtakes him a bit. I think it's a bit of both in a sense that he's got to get used to how we play, Joe. But also, we've got to get used to how he plays, and we've got to kind of yeah. fit the two together, don't you think, Joe? Like, as in a sense that, you know, he's going to take time to acclimatise. But also, I think he's is. I think Mickey's right there with the physicality of the championship. But maybe when the game's a bit more end to end, a bit more fast paced, maybe you'll start to see him have a bit more space and time on the ball, and then he might come into his own. It's it's a bit of an unknown, isn't it? But it's an exciting unknown nonetheless, I suppose. Topolo, yeah. I'm quite impressed with as well. I think I think there's a future for for BT. Go on, Joe. What are you about Fleming, mate? I yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, I, I saw that in in the game against Hammerby, and also more so in, in against the Ipswich game. Um, it sounds like he's not quite in sync with with the speed of the game. Um, he's a yeah. very good player, very technically gifted, but he's just like a, a tenth of a second slower than everyone else. Not much, but a little bit. So when the ball comes through, he's not expecting the challenge. And he kind of I noticed he lost the ball a few times. And then what I also noticed with, with um, Fleming was when he gets um, a bit angry, let's say he gets a, you know, a bad tackle, he doesn't get a, a decision, it kind of like almost um, incentivizes him a little bit. He gets a little bit like, you know, a red, bit of a red miss, and that kind of improves his game. So I think he'll quickly work it out, like Mickey said, the next sort of few games. I think he will work out he's going to have to kind of up his you know, tenacity a little bit and intensity and speed up a little bit more, it, which, which, let's be honest, it shouldn't take him long to kind of adjust. And once he kind of finds it, and like you said, once they know how to play with him as well, um, I think we would definitely see that the player that we know that's in there. That, uh, that's, that's, that scissor kick sort of showed that, didn't it? When he done that, when he done that um, mm. scissor kick, overhead kick, whichever way you want to kick, he was just, you know, slightly 
out of pace with it. But he was still he still pulled it off. But if he, I think if he was a couple of seconds quicker on that, that would have probably been more goal bound than. But you, know, you know what it is, though, Mickey, as well? I think it's a style of play that we play as well. We're so used to, um, I know I mentioned this quite often about playing through lines. We probably don't do that as well as we should do. But so many times, I notice our defenders got the ball, or even you know, whoever's playing DM, whether it be like you know, George Evans or, or Mitchell, and you're looking at Fleming coming to the ball and, and Honeyman, and they want the ball at their feet. And even Shackleton does this. And they've got probably about a metre away from the, from the opposition player. But it's like our players don't trust them by giving them the ball in that area. Now, yeah, I you, always, can, you, yeah, I always you, say... You can player, see that with Hannaby. Yeah, I always say that if you're a player and you want that ball and you're, you're coming to the player to receive it, give them the ball. I mean, if, you don't, if you're not calling for the ball, wanting the ball, you're not, you're not comfortable. I'd be more concerned if someone's moving away from the ball, not wanting the ball. But I've noticed that so often, especially with Fleming, that's so often he came a little bit deeper against Skidmore, wanted the ball at his feet and just got ignored. And then what will happen? They just play the ball back or play the ball sideways. And then again, he's got to turn and make a, a different, find a different position again. So it, it's, a, it's a two-way street. And I think, yes, he's got to adjust, but also they've got to realise, listen, there's a player there, give him the ball. Put the ball into his feet. You know? Shackleton, 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 Shackleton. Shackleton um, at the Hannaby game. I mean, me and you were saying it when we home with He just wasn't getting the ball. He was he was yeah. in space all yeah. the time. He was screaming for him. And, and they he wouldn't give it to him. Yeah. But his 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 leads partner, every time he had the ball and every time Shackleton mm. called for it, he Trust just played him. it to him. Yeah, he just Trust played him. it to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and to be fair, I mean, most of the times he didn't lose it. I think there's one time I think he wanted the ball and it's a little bit of a dangerous area. I think he kind of lost it. I think that one of their forwards must have nipped the ball off him and, and they had an attack on our goal. But I'll be funny, when you've gone sort of 10 minutes without getting the ball, you're going to feel a little bit cold, aren't you? So these players, the likes of Honeyman, the likes of Fleming, the likes of Shackleton, you've got to be giving them the ball. Even just a little touch. You see it in the Premiership, sometimes they just want a little touch and they give it back to you again. You've got to have that, that, that kind of touch. And there's no point us keep playing it backwards and keep playing it wide. Just play it into the middle. You'll get it back and just keep that ball moving. No, I agree. I think um, with Shackleton in particular, I think it'd be interesting to see if he puts him in from the start. I mean, I think he fancies him and I think he thinks that he could be an option for the midfield position. But I think it'd be an interesting debate to have. And I think you're right, Joe, with playing through the lines. I think we go back to front a bit too quick. And I think mm. it's a bit ingrained in the team in the sense that when Hutchinson gets the ball in the right centre-half position or Murray West gets the ball left centre-half position, it's constantly look down the wing or play in the channel and get the players to run onto it. And mm. obviously you've got Bradshaw and a phobia who are quite mobile, but I do think we need to... I think he'll open up a bit. I think I think it's been a bit cat and mouse pre-season. And I think that's why I asked you the question earlier, if the results matter. I mean, they do because I think it's you need confidence, but... I think a lot of teams, and I feel like Rowett's is sort of manager as well in a sense, and my findings on it are purely just me speculating about it, but I don't think you want to give away too much of preseason nowadays. And I think when it comes to the season start, and it's hard to judge when you've got a thousand Mill fans sitting in the West End watching the game, not really much of an atmosphere, but when there's 14, 15, 16,000 there on Saturday, which I hope there is, and I'm sure there will be, mm. that's when the players, the likes of Honeyman, the likes of Shackleton, the likes of even perhaps Fleming, but especially Phobia and Bradshaw, yeah. they'll rise to the occasion. And I think what I was impressed about, and they spoke about it on Saturday as well, obviously our goal came from a high press. Yeah. And I do think, Joe, I don't know what you reckon, but obviously it's hard to constantly press oppositions because then they, if they play through you, you're facing your own goal and then you're in a bit of mm. trouble there. But if we can use that and utilise it, especially in the home games when the crowd's on, you know, on our side, so to speak, it could be 
maybe a golden ticket there, maybe to kind of yeah. kick on and take games to opposition. I completely agree. Uh, again, I mean, I, I love the high press. You know, there's nothing more frustrating when you've seen the opposition team having the ball in their defensive areas, knocking the ball about, and then you've got the likes of Phobia or Bradshaw, where it might be just waiting and waiting before they can pounce. You know, I love the fact that you've kind of put on the pressure. You know, Charles, when you do that, um, the rest of the team have got to move forward. There's no point the forwards going and leaving a massive space behind them to allow the opposition to play through us. So, to do that, you've got to play a high defensive line. The midfielders will come up, the attacks will come up. You will come, come up as a team where you're the team. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how the, the goal happened on Saturday. Because I think it was actually Honeyman who won the tackle, which then broke through to Phoebe, who then went through the score, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So, um, again, whether there's a, a change in, in tactics, I think Rowett quite likes the idea of them sitting back. We did quite a lot last season and being patient and wait for the ball and then go in. But I think... Looking at our team, we do play better when we're on the front foot, we're pressing high, you know, being be, be a nuisance to, to the opposition, winning the ball in the, in the high areas uh, and being more effective. Definitely. And I think also, I think the problem I always had is if you play Cooper left centre-half, then he's getting dragged out of position when you play the high press and that could be a bit of a problem. But I yeah. think he's changed up a bit with the, the rival of Creswell. And I do think, I'm thinking when I'm picking the team, I don't know if he's going to start the season, but I can see Cooper losing his place in the side traps. And I think that's crazy even to suggest in the first place. But mm. if you've got a mobile centre-half on the right side of Creswell, mobile centre-half on the left side of Murray Wallace, I think Hutchinson's going to take the centre position in that in that scenario. I, I, I don't know what you think, Joe. Like, is that mm. is that is that even crazy to think? But it's great to have the competition for places. And Cooper will have his uses against a target man and you put him in the heart of the defence. He's going to dominate the, the air all game. But yeah. I just wonder if we're going to play for the high press, then maybe he's the one that might miss out, maybe yeah. perhaps. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen Rowett do it in the past. He's not afraid to drop the captain. I mean, he did it with Alex Pierce, didn't he, you know, a year or two ago. Um, Hutchinson's a great, a great player. He's a very influential player for us. But you're right. I think when you play a back three defence, not including the wing backs, of course, um, you need mobility on, on the sides to, to chase those channels and, and, and get those fast players. Um, I quite like the idea of Cooper in the middle. Um, I think Cooper's pretty good in the middle. He's, he's, he's tall, he wins the aerial balls. Um, but also, when you if you're going to take Hutch out to put Cresswell in, although Cresswell ain't wearing the armband, he is a really, really mouthy player. You just see him. You, you can hear him. Uh, I watched him against Hammerby. I watched him against Dartford, again against Ipswich. And he come on the second half against Ipswich, and literally in ten seconds, he's on the pitch and he's shouting, you know, to the players, you know, then what he's saying is that, yeah, he keeps giving commands and instructions, and he's just a very, very kind of vocal player. So I think having him beside Cooper, um, I, I think you, you we probably won't miss out on Hutch. To be fair, I think that will probably work quite nicely. So either Hutch or Cooper in the middle, I agree, Omar. Maybe Cresswell on one side uh, and Murray Wallace on on, on the other side. I think, Mickey, you mentioned, obviously, Malone not looking quite the same. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if long term, maybe we look for a left wing back on loan or I'm not sure what the market's going to offer us. But if, if Murray Wallace was to play left wing back, then I saw on Saturday he put uh, Creswell left centre half. Um, that could be something, I suppose, an option there. But also, I saw you send a message about Hutch. You don't think he's the same as old, no? He's I don't to- think he... I, 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 and again, it could be literally that they've been run ragged through pre-season because Gary keeps saying on recast and stuff that he's been running him, you know, running the players hard, doing you know aggressive training and and getting things across and all that. But Hutch just, I, I just don't think Hutch looks the player he was. But again, it's pre-season. You know, turn up on Saturday, they could all be fucking firing on all cylinders, and and we could be just going, 
fucking hell, we just we've just been hoodwinked during the the pre-season, and all of a sudden this team fires on all cylinders, and we fucking smash Stoke fucking twenty nil. Do you know what I mean? It, it's it's one of those you're you're never going to know until what comes out on Saturday. But Hutch, I mean Joe, you you agree? I think then you that Hutch just doesn't look the player he was last season so far in a few games. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think he's doing anything massively wrong. But no. I think where he, where he sets the bar so high, and he has done over the last sort of two, three seasons, you always kind of expect him to run the show in the defence, you know, and really be commanding. And, and maybe he hasn't quite stamped his authority in, in the games we've seen in pre in pre-season. Um, distribution, I, I think I don't think he's too bad. I think he's probably a little bit better than Cooper at passing the ball out from 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 the, from the back. Um, but perhaps he's not quite on it at the moment, but then you can make the same argument for a lot of players, can't you? They're not quite um, on, on, on song at the moment. So, like you say, Nick, you maybe wait till Saturday and make a, a better assumption then, perhaps, you know? I think um, with, I mean, Mickey, firstly, what's the odds on 20 nil for Saturday? Because I need to die. Yeah, Cooper to score first 20 nil. I mean, by the way, I do fancy Cooper to get a goal in the first few games. I think he's got on the end of a few set pieces. I'll wait to raise that, actually, lads, because I don't think we've... Cooper scored, obviously, against Colchester. Um, and I think... Did Creswell get a goal in the opening preseason game? I, I can't recall who scored in the Palace game. I know Fleming got one. Um, yeah, Creswell scored in Palace as well, didn't so, he? So, do we think... We're looking at our sides. We need to capitalise on set pieces this year, right? Because you look at the size and the depth of our defence... They're all big players. And I think I think we're missing a quality dead ball specialist at the moment. I think Honeyman's took a few in preseason. I've not really seen too much to say, yeah, amazing or not good. Time will tell. Um, but Joe, I mean, I think we're missing Wallace's set pieces already. I'm gonna say it now. I think it'd be interesting to see how that kicks off in the start of the season. And we need to kind of capitalise on these uh, set pieces to have our edge in the game, I feel like. I know. What one one of the things I, I thought to myself again at the season when we started doing these shows is that I don't want to mention Jed. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like yeah, it's history. We just let's move forward. But unfortunately, Jed who? Yeah. But I think every kind of game, whether it be a friendly or whatever it is, we're always making comparisons, isn't we? We're always thinking, what if? And if we had Jed, would it be different? And I'm, I'm guess we'll make that question ask ourselves all, all the time. But you're right there, Omar. I don't think we've got anyone at the moment that, that can give us um, the, 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 the ability that Jed has in set piece, whether it be for a direct free kick or an indirect free kick crossing in. Honeyman likes to get on it on the free kicks with his right foot. I guess you'll have Savile. And Malone using using it on the left side. Um, but we I haven't mean, seen they... Shackleton. We haven't seen Shackleton. We haven't seen Fleming yet. We haven't really mm. seen you know any of these young boys who come in. will probably be all right to do it. Um, Malone can stick a ball in as well. So I think we'd be all right. But again, Jed, who he fuck, he's gone. Fuck of course he's gone. gone. Yeah. But I've noticed it in pre-season where Honeyman will step on them. He, he looks handy, of course. From him, I'm not mm. saying he's terrible, but. Jed Wallace had that knack of whipping the ball in at pace, yeah. but also putting it on a sixpence as well. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's got terribly wrong, but more often than not, he put it in the right areas for the centre half to go and attack him. Um, mm. I think also with preseason as well, like we spoke about, you know, preparation for the games. It's not been preparation for the games; it's been work them to the grounds, as Mickey said. That you know, Rat's been doing. But I think mm. this week it'll be more built on match preparation, won't it, Mickey? And then hopefully going into Saturday's game, we're going to see a all singing and dancing mill performance. Hopefully, yeah, that's what I think. I think I think we've probably been lured in, or lured into a um, a false pretense. You know, we we looking at the team. We're like, oh god, fucking hell! And then come Saturday, I think we'll be on fire. You know, I think we we'll, we we'll see a 
a solid team of how we're going to play and go forward. And I and I agree with what you said earlier on. I think Rowett's been in this game far too long to show his hand before the season starts. You know, I think the benefit of him swapping literally the full team at half time and swapping loads of players around has constantly kept, you know, because we know that there'd be scouts or opposition scouts, etc., coming to look how we're playing, etc., etc., or watching, you know, live feeds, etc. So um I, I you know I think he's probably kept his cards close to his chest. But Saturday is the day. I mean if we if we have a disastrous event there, then you know we've not really moved forward. We've just signed new names but not really moved forward from where we were last season, are we? I mean, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it all blends together. I mean, is there any more stand-up moments that you guys want to pick up from pre-season? I mean, I've I've been to all of them, and I, it's just been kind of bland, to be honest. I'll say it, but you know, it's not been bland because it's shit. It's just it's mm. pre-season, and I never really. BT's BT's looks top right. large has been good, and he's got a couple of opportunities in the last games off the bench. Um, is he gonna is he gonna throw him in at deep end in the league football though? I, I don't think he would personally. Mm. I, Joe, you're shaking I don't your head. Know. Yeah. That, I don't know. I, 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 can't, I can't see it happening. Maybe in in, in the, uh, the the domestic, you know, small competitions and Cambridge. cups. Yeah, yeah, you could you could you could see him probably feature in there. But you're right. I think you you look at Malone and Wallace for those those left wing spaces, aren't you? Um, yeah, but don't forget it's five subs this year. Yeah, but there'd be other players who can play there, can't he? I mean, I'm sure. I mean, he might do. You might, Mickey. Speaking, I mean, if he, if, if he starts with speed. Malone. If he starts with Malone and uh, Murray Wallace, and they're both on the pitch at the same time, and Toffolo's on on the bench, then you're right. There's, there's a, a, a good chance that he will take Malone off in 30 minutes, 35 minutes, maybe bring him off the last 10 minutes and see what he can do. So I hope he does. Um, and he probably wouldn't do it if he didn't have the option of having five subs. If he only had three, he probably wouldn't risk it. So um, there, there, is a, there is a great chance. I just I think this championship is... As much as I'm not a big fan of the five subs, but I do think what the five subs is going to do is make it a lot more strategic game mm. because you can pretty much run your players out for the first half, full on pace, and then if you've got enough pace to do it again, you basically change it up again and you can either, you know, you could pretty much, if you had the players, you could load the midfield and attack and change them at half-time and then basically have legs to go at, go at the opposition again. Um, so I do think that possibly it's very, very, it's going to be a very, very strategic um, games for the championship going forward this, this season. And I think that the football managers are going to have to be very football-minded managers, you know, looking at their stats, looking at, you know, the analytics and everything else of it. Um, and go, and we know that Gary is massively on the stats and everything else. So, you know, fingers crossed, um, it, it it becomes a strength for us to to play with the five subs. But again, we're just plucking straws out of the air. We don't know what's going to be until we're a couple of games in. It could all go fucking drastically wrong, or it could be fucking superb, and you know, we don't lose a game. I think just to wrap up the part, um, the one thing I had felt walking out of Saturday's game, I don't get too high or low in pre-season games. I purposely don't do it, especially when we are all being high after Darth, for example. I know it wasn't the highest of highs, but I remember saying, like, you know, I'm always a bit cautious for pre-season. I did feel like, though, Joe, we were short up top with options mm. on Saturday. Obviously, Fleming got the chance to play up there with a phobie. 
flat to deceive, but we spoke about Fleming and maybe transitional time needed. Um, I think Bradshaw and Afobi will be our partnership going into the first game of the season, personally. Um, but I thought Bennett also has looked really good, and I wouldn't be begrudging to see him play because he looks pretty lively against Hammerby. But I do think we're missing one more option there that offers a, something a bit different to the three I've just mentioned there. I don't know what you yeah. think, mate. I think you're, you're completely right. So you look at the players we've got available to us up front. You've got Afobi, you've got Bradshaw, you've got Bennett, you've got Bury, um, Bennett. That's five you know, options they could use, and even Fleming, six. And not, not apart from Phoebe, not, not, there's not many of them that you would look at it and think, you know what, they're a threat. They're going to get us a goal. You know, you can see that happening. And that has probably been the, 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 the most negative part in, in our pre-season, that we haven't really made a difference. I think if defensively, we'd, we look strong in pre-season. Midfield, we look pretty good. Lots of energy with the new players, lots of Honeyman and, and Shackleton and, and whatnot. But I think the, the problem I'm seeing at the moment is we we have we are lacking that cutting edge up front. We need somebody who's going to stretch their defenders a bit like Burt used to. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a better version of him if we could get one like him. But some of a bit of pace, some bit of you know um, class is going to kind of make those runs, get behind the defenders, you know, mm-hmm. cause havoc. At the moment, we don't seem to have that. But on 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 paper, we've got a lot more young. Pacey players, yeah, but not quite ready now. You look at Bury, you know, I think we mentioned in the last show, um, he's got some great qualities, but he's also got some areas that he needs to really work on and, and improve on. Um, Bennett, I mean, I, I think I think Bennett's great. I think if I was a defender, I think he'd be a real handful playing against, but again, yeah, he, he's probably quite effective when he, when he takes the ball from deep areas. But you need somebody in that kind of box that's going to cause problems, not so much you know, in, in wide areas. So at the moment, I think we are missing that player. I think we, if we can sign one more one more player in and it'd be a, a, a good, young, um, hungry striker who's fast, um, that might be the missing the missing ingredient we're looking for at the moment. I mean, I'm not sure whether... Is, is that, is that gone cold now, that, that Everton youngster that we're after? Um, it's, it's not been mentioned, but I don't think he's been linked to anyone else either, really. So I've not really seen much his name banded around. I mean, he um, could be someone like that because... He's a very similar player to Bradshaw, as in he's a goal scorer. He'll sniff out a goal. But what he does give us better than Bradshaw is, great, is that kind of um, injection of pace. He can he can, he can make those runs and, and get those pace. Whereas Bradshaw, you know, he probably doesn't have the pace that maybe you need to be that effective. I think it's between us and Huddersfield for him. Is it? Yeah, well, I Huddersfield signed, I think Huddersfield signed the player from, is it from non-league size, about six foot nine? Um, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah, apparently he's the tallest English player, isn't he? So yeah, he's that, bigger than he's bigger than Crouch, isn't he? Yeah, so that probably gives you an idea of what Huddersfield try to do this season. They're probably looking at you know, possession footballs, getting you know, crosses into the box, uh, which is something that Barrett was trying to get away from when he got rid of um, Mark Smith, uh, Matt, Matt Smith, sorry, you know, and, and kind of did away with that kind of aerial presence in the box. So it's interesting to see that. So maybe that player won't be suitable for um, uh, for Huddersfield if they're looking for someone who's a bit bigger and go a bit more direct, it seems, you know? No, that's true. Yeah, um, it'd be interesting. I think um, with us, it's, it's it's just the unknown, isn't it? But it's the same time as excitement that gets you ready that's for the, Saturday. That's it. It sort of gets you with Mill, doesn't it? That's the mm. bit what kills you in it with Millwall. It's yeah. the unknown and where you know what we can achieve, but sometimes... We underachieve. And at days when you think we're going to get spanked, we overachieve. 
So um, I think I think round up what I would say. I think I've not really seen it in preseason, but I think the difference this year has got to be just the consistency of the team. Um, there's times where we've been, you know, always defensively solid, but throughout the season we've always been a patchy side. And I think this year, if we really want to challenge and get into that top six position, um, which the ambition clearly is, and the hopes and expectations perhaps are too. We've just got to try, Mickey, I think, to be a team that's consistent, that picks up three wins every six games instead of losing six on the bounce and then winning six on the bounce. We've got to try and be consistent over a set amount of games. I don't know what you think, mate. I totally agree with you. I think it's, it's you know, we've made the investment in players, regardless of, you know, why, how, whether or not it's Man City, whether or not it's this, you know, selling on players, whatever it is, we put money into the club. Um, and I think, we're in a potential, you know, path where if we go and give it our all, then we might get in playoffs. And once you get into the playoffs, it's fucking open. It's only one game then, do you know what I mean? Or two games, you know, in the playoffs as such. But, you know, if we could get to that promised land, then hey-ho. But, you know, hey-ho. All, 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 I'm, all I'm hoping for, mate, is that we finish anywhere above, you know, 2019th. Um, no, no. One thing I'll give Rowdy's due for, and one thing I'll give him credit for significantly is, since he's come in, you don't look below. Maybe I did a little bit last season, a little bit last season at mm. January time. I was looking below. But we that, the shows? No, no, no. Because I always said it as well. There's three worse teams than us in that division, and I think this, it's going to be the same this year as well. Like you know. Oh, I totally agree. Better. I don't think I don't think we're going to be bottom. But I'm saying as a as a as a whole, we will. I just I think we are an established championship team now. Come and on. I don't think we're going to go play- down, but I think I think I reckon really. What place are we finishing this year? Tell me now. What place are we finishing this year, okay? And then we'll all three of us do it just to round up part one. A bit of fun. No, no context. No context. Just no, tell no. me where we're going to finish this year. Realistic, seven, eight, nine. Ideally, probably third or fourth. Give me an answer. What place are we finishing this year, okay? Five. There we go. Joe. Oh, six. 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 I'm going to say seventh. Yeah, I think, I think no. you're probably right, though. I'm probably, I'm probably talking more of my heart than my head. I will say sick. Yeah, Come on. We'll go, we'll go, I'll go sick. We'll go sick. Yeah, you you, you twisted my arm there. But anyway, that's the end of part one. As mentioned, if you're new around here, like the video, subscribe. Uh, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts too. It does help us out more than you think. Let's go into part number two and talk predictions. A bit more fun as well. Some weird questions I've got in there for the guys. Uh, and we'll do that now. All right, welcome to the second part of the show. All right, chaps, I think we'll do the conventional questions first. We're going to give our predictions on who we think will be, for example, player of the season. Um, and then I've got a few other quirky questions in there, but just a bit of fun, a bit of lightheartedness, you know, to get us in the mood for the new season. Um, Joe, I'll come to you first, mate. Who's going to be our player of the season this year for you? Fans player of the season. I think that's going to be quite an easy one for me. For me, it's going to be George Honeyman. I think the fans are going to warm to him. They're going to love him. I mean, against... Every time, every time I've seen him, he, he loves to tackle. He, he, you know, he, he's everything about what Millwall, play, Millwall fans want in a Millwall player, but he's got that little bit of a quality to him as well. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a bit of a no-brainer. I think he'll definitely win um, play, for player of the season. Mickey? You see, I was nailed on Honeyman, same as you. But mm. now I think it's possibly a couple. I think Honeyman and probably... Cresswell. Um, I think 
It's because you were sat next to me at Hammerby the other day and you just stole no. my words. You're about to say that. No. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you what, no, I didn't. I'll tell you what it is. Is that it's, it was, he's so vocal when he plays. Mm. He's like absolutely that, yeah. everywhere. And if he loses a ball or someone else loses a ball next to it, he will run and get it back. And it's mm. as if he's got this bee in his bonnet that, you know, like, you cheeky cunt, what are you doing? I'll fucking, mm. I'll have that. And, and he's just, Goes back, so I think potentially. I mean, you know, I, I I'm going to go f- between three. I'm going to go honeyman, and I, I've got a feeling that Fleming's going to fucking come on form, and Creswell. One of those three. New message. Hey man, it's Devin. You know, from that time you accidentally emailed me because you thought I was a different Devin. <laughs> oh, and your email signature said confidential. If you receive this in error, please delete. <laughs> That's so you. Anyway, I heard you bought a boat. When are we set in sail, Captain? <laughs> When you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them and get covered. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Today for as little as $100 a year. Oh, and uh, no, you did not receive this message in error. <laughs> Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Are going to be it, absolutely. Or if not, all three. But then again, I suppose Bart's normally in the top three at some point. Because if, if you had to pick, pick one, though, who would you go with, Mickey? Yeah, go with one, go on, mate. I'm going to go with Cresswell. Okay. You've stolen my shout, but it's okay. We can have the same one. Fine, it's fine. fine. I'll go with Honeymoon then. Uh, okay. You've stolen Joe's shout, but it's I'm okay. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all going to think similar players, to be fair. And I think the general consensus online, I thought it before I even saw um, Honeymoon kick a ball, because I just think he's going to fit into the... You know, It wouldn't surprise me if Honeymoon wins it. I think I'm just going a bit against the grain when I'm saying Creswell, because I think he's just going to be loved by Mill fans the second we see him play properly. Um, similar to what Mickey's saying there, he's barking orders, but also he's, he's a physical beast in that sense. You know, he's 20, 21 years old um, and he looks like the real deal already. And I know it's a lot of pressure to put on a player that's not even played league football, really. He's played five games in the Premier League, not a lot of games. But Leeds fans, you know, sing the, you know, the praises of him until the dying death. You know, they, they really think he's a real player. From what I've seen, I think the same too. Um, and I do think... He's just going to be someone that we're going to be endeared to. And I think he loves a change, loves a tackle. He's great on the ball. His distribution from the back is unbelievable. The best I've seen from a centre-half at the Den for a long while. Mm-hmm. I just think when he gets his opportunity, he's going to stay in that side. I don't think he's going to start the season. I think that's based on, obviously, the form last season of our three central defenders. But I do think once he's in that side, he's not coming out of it. And I just think he'll be, not necessarily the under, under, underdog, but I think he'll be... Someone that's going to be in the contention for it from the get-go. Um, I will kind of spin it now and say who's going to be the underdog. Now, I'm going to give mine as Tom Bradshaw. I think I've got a sneaky feeling if Bradshaw scores a goal early doors, gets another streak again, lads, and doesn't get injured, I'm going to put an outside shout. Because when was the last time we saw a striker win play of the season? Was it Gregory, the year he left? 
Um, mm. It doesn't often happen. It's just, it's a bit of a, you know, go a bit risky with your underdog shout. Don't necessarily go safe. I'm going to say Tom Bradshaw as my underdog shout for play of the season. What about you, Joe, mate? I'm going to go for my underdog, and I'm laughing, so I'm even thinking, I haven't said it yet. Um, I'm going for George Evans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious, I'm not even taking the piss either. I like it. Okay, go on, mate. I, go on. I've seen what, what I've seen in, pre-se- in pre-season, he looks like he's got a bit more confidence. Um, he looks a bit sharper, but also I think he kind of fits in better with the players we brought in. So when okay. you look at like Fleming and Huntingman, where they want to play with the ball, he just seems to kind of suit them better than anything we've got at the moment. I wouldn't be surprised if Rowett gives him a few games earlier on to see how he, how he beds in. And if he starts playing well, then who knows? Does he get in your best 11 though, Joe? At the moment? Yeah, question. At the moment in time, I'll probably say no. Okay. I'll, I'll probably put Shackleton ahead of him. I like. I, I get what you're saying. I like the angle you've actually come from there because he has looked at times okay in preseason. Mm. I mean, you know, Mickey was sat next to me at Hammerby and I was just cutting him off all, all game, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I, I like him. The only thing he's good at, though, is pinging the ball 60, 70 yards and he's the best at doing that at the club and I 100% support that. I just yeah. think he's, he's too slow to play midfield for me, I, personally. He, he is too slow and, and the thing is, he looked really good against Dartford at, and um, I think it was, was it Bromley and, and uh, Colchester. Colchester, was, yeah. Because of the, the opposition, they're obviously a little bit slower. Yeah. And I always thought, how is he going to compete against a championship team? Mm-hmm. And I guess, although we haven't played a championship team, I think Hammerby and Ipswich were probably close enough to, to being one and, and being a bit quicker. And I think he struggled a little bit against Hammerby. I think it was noticeable he was too, too long on the ball and lost the ball a couple of times. But then against Ipswich, I thought he looked okay. He was a few times, yes, he showed some good feet. You know, mm-hmm. he, he, he moved the ball really well. He didn't really lose it. You know, he looked, looked, looked in control. So, who knows? Who knows? Mickey, who's going to be your dark horse shout for play of the season? Go a bit left field with it, mate, and just see what you can just fight after. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go a phobie. Okay. Who's the shout? A phobie. phobie. I, I just think a phobie, potentially, because the fan base is taken to him. Um, and I've just got a feeling that he could potentially score a good few goals this season. But looking around, we... we we have got people what can score this season. Well, let me come in with my next question because um, it's actually good that I said Bradshaw and you said a phobie. I've asked, I was going to go to young players season, but we'll come back to that in a second. How many goals will Bradshaw, a phobie and Fleming get? Not collectively, but each individually. So what do you reckon, Mickey? Go on. Who's, so if Bradshaw, a phobie and Fleming, how many league goals are they going to register this season? Each. Fucking hell. Um... Just, just, mate, just... Eyeball it, just kind of go for it. It's, it's all on the spot. I, I, go go hold it. I reckon, I reckon, I reckon, seriously, um, a phobie's come back with a a phobie got 14 last season. Bradshaw got I reckon, 12, and Fleming got reckon, 12 in Holland. So there's your caveat. Yeah. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go 18 for a phobie, right? 17 for um, Bradshaw. And I'm going to go 23 for Fleming. <laughs> Jesus. I told you I thought they'd just go for it. With so goals like that, we'll finish top of the league. You we're really winning the league, mate. That's what's that? Exactly. 50, that's 50 odd goals amongst our front three alone. We're winning the league, yeah. mate, on that logic. Go on, Joe. What do you reckon, mate? Um, I think I think I probably will improve on, on last season only because he had a real kind of slow sort of start to the season. He only come good towards the end. So 
with his confidence and we know how he, how he likes to play now. And he looks okay in training, he scored a couple of goals, sorry, pre-season, scored a couple of goals in pre-season. So I think, I agree with Mickey, I think he'll be about 18. I think Bradshaw probably won't get as many games as he did last season. So I think he'll probably score less. I'm, I'm guessing like eight. And I reckon Fleming will probably play the number 10 role because everyone keeps saying, oh, he could play as a striker, he should play as a striker. No, he's a number 10. He's somebody you want to give a free role to, let him run, let him do what he wants to do, and he'll score you goals. He'll score you goals out of nothing, I reckon, once he gets 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 going. Yeah. But I think he won't score many. He'll probably score five or six, probably give us a few assists. But the goals that he will score for us, I guarantee you, will be goals where we win 2-1 or 1-0, and he'll score in the 85th minute, but he'll score a worldie from like the edge of the box or something like that. You know, So he'll, he'll score the goals that matter, but he won't be as prolific as a phobie. Cool. I like it. It's good. I'm going to go with Bradshaw and Afobi both getting 14 each. Wow. Which is a fair return for the two strikers. I think, yeah, 14 each. Afobi, I think Bradshaw's going to score more goals this year, but Afobi's on set, on penalties. So, like, it's like, you know, that's going to kind of naturally bring these numbers up a little bit because he's the penalty taker. But do you um, think Bradshaw will get as many games as I you? Think he, I think he will. I think he hits the ground running. Um, mm. And I think Bradshaw is going to be, you know, a bit like how he was in that little stage over Christmas and New Year's. I just feel like he hasn't been great in pre-season, which I will say. But I think mm. once the games start, Bradshaw comes into his own. I feel like in, in at the Den in particular, I feel like he, I feel like he relishes the kind of playing at the Den, and same with the Phoebe too. And I think mm. the pair of them are just going to be workhorses for us up front and chip in with valuable goals again this year. So I reckon they're both going to get 14 and I'll back you with the Fleming shout of six or seven goals, maybe. Mm. I'll, I'll go with six, but I think he will have a valuable input with his assists and such and hopefully be, you know, the main contributor to us getting into the playoffs anyway. We'll see. Um, just before you move forward on there, do you think Fleming scoring six is a is a good return on the investment what we paid for him? If he, if he gets six goals and 10 assists, absolutely. Mm. It's goal contributions that you got to look at for players like that. I and think maybe he might be surprised. You never know. Go on, Joe. Sorry. Uh, and I think it's not just the goals and the assists that he'll give us. I think it's the link he'll give us, more importantly, between the midfielder and the attack. Um, not having Jed there anymore, you need something that's going to kind of piece it all together. And what he'll do is, I'm hoping when they start playing the ball to his feet a bit more, he'll start getting the ball turning, playing the ball out wide, you know, and, and kind of starting attacks and, and creating things. So he may not necessarily score or get loads of assists, but he would help in our attacking play and form yeah. that kind of piece in the middle between the midfield and the attack. Mm -hmm. Definitely. No, it's, it's a good question though as well. It'll be interesting to see mm -hmm. how he gets on. Um, who will be our young player of the season then, chaps? Who are we going to go for? I'll go first actually this time. I'll say Tyler Bury. I'll back him. I hope Bury yeah. has a good season. I, 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 I'm not convinced whether or not he's going to kick on. I, I'm not sure. But I think he's going to pop up with moments that are going to be worthy of winning this award in the sense that when we need him most in certain games or when there's like really kind of thin margins to settle the game, 20 minutes to go, Bury's going to be that person that comes on and does something out of nothing. And I don't think he's the full round package, to be honest. But I think to have him around the squad with the five sub rule that we always keep talking about, I think he's just going to be invaluable to us. I think you've agreed there, Mickey, right? Yeah, I do. I think it's between uh, him. I mean, if BT don't go on loan, then I think it'll be a close battle between him and BT. But mm -hmm. if BT goes on loan, then I think, yeah, Bury's nailed uh, on for it. As much as I'd love to agree with you two, I, I disagree with, with Bury. Um, I I don't think he is ready yet. Yeah, from what I've seen, like I see he's got some great attributes. Um, he, he's, he's missing some, some key attributes. So it's going to take a totally little bit of time 
to to really develop. He's he's definitely a player, and he, and he's going to do really well for us one day. But I can't see him getting a the run of games and minutes he'll need this season to get ahead of likes of Fleming and Bennett and um, and, and Honeyman. Um, so for that reason, I don't think he will quite sort of push on. I won't be surprised if he goes out alone. Uh, in, in, in around Christmas time, if we recruit uh, in that area, then it wouldn't be surprising to see no. it too. That's it. Exactly. But but my my young player of the year, I think will go to Shackleton. I think okay. um, again, we haven't really seen much of him, but what we have seen of him is little snippets, and, and I've seen some stuff on the highlights reel. I've seen him play for for, for Leeds, uh, you know, in, in youth games, and what he did really well for Leeds was. He'll get the ball and he's quite small, but he's very pacey and he's very he's got quick acceleration. He'll get the ball and he's not afraid to run with the ball and run and, and attack the defenders and make things happen. And he tends to kind of go to the right hand side quite a bit and cut cuts ball back. I, I've seen a lot of his uh, assists is him running into the box, making those runs and, and whipping and cutting balls across the face of the six yard box. And you look at that in his highlights really, you think, okay, that's that's that. But you, you sometimes you can't see it happening. Because you never see that happen at the den, no. right? That's all you never see a player making a run into the 18 yard box, yeah. picks out by the wing back, and then cutting exactly. it back for a striker, do you? you? Never see that, yeah. But, but again, it's only a friendly, can't get too carried away. But I have seen him do that mm. against Hammerby, and I saw it do it against Ipswich the other day. Like, again, he made a, a couple of good runs, very unlucky with his final ball, but you can see the intent was there, you can see what's going through his head and how he wanted to play and what he wanted to do. And I think, again, it gives us something different to what we've got. We've got no one in midfield who can burst with the ball at pace like he does and really kind of make things happen and try and put little balls in and try and sort of create something in that final third. So, again, once he gets a run of games, you know, he's got a good work rate as well. Um, I think he could be a surprise one for, for a young player of the year. I like the shout. I think the only thing I hate with this, right, is because you sign these Premier League players and you see it straight away. They train week in, week out a certain way. Give them two to three months at Millwall, all that gets coached out of them. And I know it yeah. sounds really naive to say, yeah, right. but I've seen it all the time. I remember Richard, Richard Chaplow in particular when we signed from Southampton years ago. I remember, I remember like he was like on loan to us. And I remember him playing against Charlton when we had the Danny Shitu kind of that's what we do era. And you think yeah. this player is unbelievable. Signs for us mm-hmm. on a permanent basis, gets used to training the Millwall way. And all them mm-hmm. sort of things he was doing before at Southampton when they were playing good football, just completely mm-hmm. gets coached out of the player. Um and maybe that's a criticism towards the manager and the coaching staff there, but that's just it's been a general thing for Millwall for as long as I can remember. So you, what, what do you think that might be? I mean, is it because it's the same we're... reason why I think the way we play is mm. the reason why I think it could be our downfall. We don't our output going forward, we don't have we never mm. see that attacking kind of style of play. You can't pinpoint how what a Millwall style of play is. Mm. Um, is it because they're restricted, you think? Is it a case of like you know, they, they don't feel the, the backing or the confidence to ex- express themselves? And it's like, you know what, play it safe. Don't take the player on in case you lose it. I'd rather you keep it simple, pass it. And when the player has that engraved in their heads, they're almost too scared to try anything, aren't they? If, you, if you're if you a Harry that kind of manager or someone like Bielsa or whatever, you're, you're encouraging your players to go out there and play and attack, then if you're going to install confidence in them, then surely it's a good thing. And they're going to, yes, it ain't going to come off every single time, but more often than not, it will come off. Um, maybe, it's, maybe it's the manager. That's what you're, maybe. What you're I think also, like, this is when it's going to be interesting to see what happens now because we've got one of the most technically best squads I've seen us have for as long yeah. as I can remember. I'll say it since mm-hmm. the two, early 2000s era, you know. I think this squad is technically on paper got the potential to be really, really good with the ball mm-hmm. at their feet and go forward with it as well. 
Um, and if you give them the free license, you know, if we had Steve Cooper, who was at Nottingham Forest as, as, as the coach of this side, mm-hmm. I have no doubts at all whatsoever that this side plays attacking football in the eye that looks really easy to see and everyone gets behind. I do question whether Rowett is that kind of manager because Rowett is very pragmatic of his style, likes to be nil-nil in games and try to mm-hmm. nick a game. Um, whereas there's some coaches out there that will play to play a certain style and they'll keep playing that style all game no matter what. But, you know, it's worked for Rowett, so I can't really criticise it. And mm-hmm. Mill like, fans don't like to see that kind of style of football when, <laughs> when the going goes tough. But these sides, these managers play that formation, that style every week in, week out because they believe in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting, yeah. right? It's, it's interesting because I think defensively, we're, we're, we're a very sound team. Well, I've nothing to kind of worry about there. And what makes it a little bit worse is that we've got a very defensive-minded coaching and management staff. Mm-hmm. So... You know, we're never really going to be that great on the eye going forward. In some ways, you kind of like wish we had a more of an attacking style of play with a defensive coach. But where Rao always thinks defence first, attack second, we're never really going to please the yeah, band, but you know. It's weird, though, because if you watch those videos he's done on those coaching ones, like with the midfield and how he mm. wants the midfield to play and stuff like that, fast moving, you know, don't, don't have time with the ball, get it out to someone else, then think, get it back, then playing the attack he does have quite an attacking you know teaching style but why it doesn't actually show on the pitch and why mm. it doesn't show at Bill Wall I've fucking I've got no idea but I you think now is the time to judge him though Mickey because yeah heavily. this is the players he's wanted this yeah. is it now you know this is the first it, season yeah. isn't it this is his team mm. you could, I think so and I think you know, I'm ex- I'm actually really excited for this season. I do think he's the man yeah. to take us forward still. Mm. But I just think like we're never going to see what Joe was saying. Like midfielders making runs into the box, the Man City style of play, which we can coin it as really. You know, yeah. you see the Bruyne well, making late charges. We've got the players the there, don't you agree, Omar? We've got the players to make those runs from midfield. The likes of Shackleton, the likes of Honeymoon and and Fleming. Even yeah, Mitchell's yeah. got a bit about him as well, a little bit to do that. Yeah. A couple of times on Saturday, I saw him do it. I'm thinking, yeah. okay, this is well, good. And he also really said about that in his interview really on Saturday. I had a really weird thought in my head, Omar, uh, earlier. I thought, you know what? If we had Ryan Woods playing at the moment in that kind of DM role... We're not having it mentioned. <laughs> Did you just kick it out? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. You're right. You're I, I, right. I had to, I had to right. slap myself. <laughs> have a cold shower. I must admit. But I did think for a second, Jesus Christ, if we had Ryan Woods playing in this team, because let's be honest, the reason why he probably didn't look so good right was when we had, when we had him, we didn't have the players around him making those runs and creating um, runs for him. And, and of course, where's he going to put the ball other than sideways, you know? Mm. Um, but we do need someone to kind of unlock um, yeah, balls into, the, into, the, into these areas to, to, to you know, help out our, our players we've got now, you know? I think the criticism of uh, Woods is the same criticism Mitchell's getting from last season. But you play three central defenders. You don't need a holding midfield, in my opinion. That is just my opinion. Like without the ball, not even one. You, you want to not not holding. I think you want them to get up and down the pitch. If Shackleton's up and down the pitch with Honeyman, I don't think you need a holding midfielder because they're going to get up and down the pitch and bomb on the whole game. And mm. you know, obviously, one's going to be a little bit deeper than the other. But there's times where you see Mitchell come next to the centre half to get the ball off the centre half. Maybe he needs to be a bit further up the pitch. Like that's just like because you've got three mm. centre halves there. And I think you're going to see with Creswell on the side. Creswell's going to be that player sitting deeper. Hopefully, that's a centre half already there. That's going to hopefully do the balls that Mitchell was doing last season. I, I think Mitchell gets edged out of the team a little bit this year. I'm happy he signed a new long term deal. I think he, I think he'll get kind of left out soon though. I, I can see that happening personally. Maybe I'm, mm. I'm wrong there, but I just think 
with the formation we play, I don't think you need a holding midfielder. You need two midfielders in there that takes turns. One comes deep, one goes mm. long. Right, but you okay. need players that run up and down the pitch, in my opinion, in that position. Because otherwise, you get the three isolated up top, which is always yeah. what we saw on Saturday, what we saw Wednesday. Mm. The three up top get isolated. And there's no kind of movement from the midfield. It's like, mm. but if you attack as a team and have midfielders bomb on as well at the same time, I think that would maybe change things up a little bit personally. That was mm. possibly something from last year where opposition could close off our midfield, couldn't they? They could flood the mid. They mm. could flood the midfield last season and it just shut us down. We just couldn't get through it. Yeah, well, mm. let's, let's, let's finish these questions anyway, lads, because I'm conscious of time and we're coming up to an hour as well. Um so we've done who will be our young player of the season. A bit more of a funny one. Who what will be our goal of the season? So name a player and name what the goal will be like. So I, I you know, just a bit outlandish. It is hard to predict as well. I'm gonna go Scott Malone goal of the season with a half volley from 25 yards. That's gonna be like picturesque. That's what I'm gonna go with something like that. Go on, Joe. What you got for me, mate? Off the cuff. Ooh, Come on. God, I, I think it's gonna have to be like an overhead kicker or scissor, scissor kick from Fleming. <laughs> That's what I'm on once you come. That's what I'm on. I was going to have Fleming too, but I thought they're both Fleming, so I just. We know what he's about. He's a bit of a flair player. He's technically he's gifted. We've seen that, you know, from 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 his grounding as an Ajax youngster. And we saw we saw him try it, didn't we? That that game against them at Hammerby. Yeah. When he had that cross, and okay, he went. I think he came off his shin at the time, but the 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 thought was there, the intent was there. So you know that he likes to score nice goals. And I could see him doing something where literally everyone's draw, jaws just drop and go, what a goal, you know? Yeah, I suppose he got the goal of pre-season as well, Mickey, you could say, against Palace. I think oh, that's I a great goal, wasn't it? Yeah. So I don't think there's many better goals in pre-season, mate. So are you mm. going with Fleming too, Mickey? Well, that's, well, that's that was my well, first You can have him Fleming. too, mate. Go on. And what's Fleming the goal going to be like? It's going to be an overhead kick from probably cool. 20 yards out, mate. Straight really? in the top bin. Yeah, Absolutely. I've got Ronaldo's bicycle kick against Juventus in the Champions League in my head. I don't know, or Gareth yeah. Bell's one in the Champions League final in my head. Wow. But it's like I got, but I, I, that's what you two are saying there. So fair play. I think yeah. Malone with a 25-yard rasper from the left-hand side of the pitch. I'm going to go for on the half volley. It'll probably so, be the goal of the season. Will probably be in an FA Cup fourth or fifth round, and it'll be off Jake Cooper's shoulder in the fucking. <laughs> 92nd minute, do you know what I mean? Against the premiership <laughs> opposition, do you know what yeah. I mean? Off the back well, of something, yeah. I got three more kind of wimmy ones, like kind of a bit more of a laugh. So, um, what's who's gonna get the most bookings or most sending offs in the side? Who's gonna get who's gonna be the, the, the honeyman? This, that's exactly who I was thinking too. Or Danny McNamara, I was gonna suggest, yeah. I think McNamara likes to tackle yeah. him and all. So, go on, Joe, who you got for me, mate? This you is know what I mean. So, so I, I noticed on the rabbit. He doesn't like us playing with much aggression. We had no red card last season for the first time no, in a few we, years. We compare the stats when, when like Harris was there. We were always getting yellow cards and red cards, weren't we? And, and he, he, he doesn't like that. And I've also noticed sometimes when players get really kind of like the red miss comes up, you can see him shouting over to them to calm down all the time. He, do, he, he kind of doesn't like them getting too, too high rate. So I don't know who he'll be, but I think the most likely person will be, be like Honeymoon, I think, because... Just the nature that he plays in, and the fact he's going to be in the middle of the park, um, putting tackles in, and and we have seen it in pre-season where he's caught players only sometimes because of the way, the way he plays. So, yeah, probably honeyman. No one's gone for Jake. And, and, and get a standing ovation. I was just, I was just thinking about Jake. Well. tackle against Colchester the yeah. other night. It was a straight red any day of the week because yeah. it Colchester in a friendly. Well, it's the same as um, same as Cooper against was it Dartford? I think it was we went to see him. Was it yeah. Dartford? Or? Yeah. He went in really late, didn't he, on, on somebody and went to ground. But 
Yeah, the last time the Lions player got sent off, I just had it loaded, but it's popped up with a reminder. Um, <laughs> with, <laughs> uh, the last time a middle player got sent off was a league game, um, which was, sorry, we had one sent off in the cup game, I think, a while ago. But the last time a league game was Murray Wallace in January 2021 in a 2-1 wow, defeat in Coventry at the Den. Yeah, but for the last two seasons, we've had no red cards. Wow. Was that a straight red or double yellow? Do you know what it say? Um, for two bookings, there you go. Two bookings, there. So for a straight red, I don't, I don't recall in, that happening for in a the long. The same article um, was Sean Williams at Stoke in twenty twenty in January. Wow. So there you go. So um, that was one of two straight red card dismissals in that campaign when Judd Wallace was set off against Sheffield Wednesday. I don't remember that one for Judd. Anyway, um, so two more questions. Maybe a shit, shit house reel site, maybe from Jed. Yeah. <laughs> Might a player up or something, knowing him, yes. So two more questions, and we'll do them together so you both can answer. What's going to be our biggest win of the season, and who's it going to be against? And what's going to be our biggest defeat of the season, and who's that going to be against? Go on, Mickey, I'll come to you first, mate. I think our biggest defeat could be against Hull. Defeat? They... Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Because yeah. I think they've signed some good players this season and could could be dangerous. Um, What's the score going to be? No, oh, I don't know. Three or four nil, maybe. Okay. And then what's our biggest win this season going to be, mate? I think we're owed a big one, isn't we? Four or five nil. I think we're owed a big one. Who it will be against, I don't know. Um, Come on, mate. We beat, we beat Peterborough three nil last time game of the season. So that's like a big one that sticks in the memory from last season, doesn't it? But come on, give me something, mate. West Brom. We're going to have to do them. Yeah, West Brom. That would be a sweet one, wouldn't it? Jeff West Wallace Brom, 4-0. I like it. I, actually, oh, I, I, I can almost see that being feasible and all, you know. It's very outlandish, but very out there. But at the same time, you're thinking, he go very wrong for Steve Bruce. And that could be the day he gets sacked as well. I don't know when we play with him. You can imagine, like, Jed Wallace getting substituted on the 75th minute and all the Mill fans laughing and waving at him. As yeah. He the pitch. That's it. Go on, Joe. Who's the biggest win and biggest defeat of the season going to be against? Okay, so the biggest win, um, typical Mill would probably have a biggest win against one of the top teams and the biggest loss break against one of the bottom teams because we always seem to do that. So I can see us sort of doing really well against West Brom um, or something like Norwich maybe. Um, and then uh, the biggest loss, I don't know, I, I think Swansea played really well against us last season and they could be uh, a danger to us. Uh, whether they, they move the ball about. Okay. So, biggest loss will be to Swansea, I'm thinking. What's the score's going to be, mate? You didn't take any score. Sorry. So, Swansea, I think we, we could probably lose 3 0. Yep. And against West Brom, I think we could win that one. I would say, I'll say 4 1. Okay. I think our biggest defeat of the season is going to come away to someone like Middlesbrough. I think Wilder's going to get them going well. And I think that's in yeah. January as well. So it's near my birthday and we always do shit near my birthday. So there you go. There's my caveat. I reckon we lose we lose 3-0 to Middlesbrough near there. And I'll tell you what, lads. Our biggest win of the season is going to come this Saturday when we beat Stoke 4-0. There you go. Oh, Let's, go. Come on, lads. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Blind faith. Complete like optimism. But this is new season now. We're optimistic. There's a lot of kind of pessimism as well. I'm, yeah, I've not had anything to drink today either. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> that, Mickey. But come on, we've got to be confident, right? Come on, let's go to the end of the season. Optimism's at our sky high. I booked Sheffield United tickets today. We're going, we're going to go big this year. It's going to be our year, lads. 
No, I think it could be our year. Yeah, definitely. There you go. I think Come it on, definitely, man. definitely could be. If if we're going to attack the the chances in the prem, then this season potentially could be that season. Mm. Um, last year was potentially our season, but we just didn't have the players for it. I think this season we, you know, the rumor is that there's possibly another two signings, maybe three. Um, and if that turns out to be gospel, then I think potentially we stand a good chance of going for it this season. Mm. So. Yeah, what? I am very optimistic. I oddly what? think the championship's the strongest it's been in the last couple of years, though, and we've missed Absolutely. two good opportunities. I, I do feel mm. a little bit like that, but who mm. knows? Go on, Joe, mate. I, I, I was my only hope that I'm kind of hanging on to at the moment is that we haven't been given it 100 in, in in our friendlies, mm-hmm. but we're playing at sort of 70 of our capabilities. That's kind of in my mind. That's what I keep telling myself, and I keep thinking like like you guys are probably thinking is we're saving ourselves for Stoke. You know, we're going to go at them 100%. We're going to, you know, work our nuts off. We're going to, you know, do what we can. And then that's when the performance will, will, will kick in. So maybe what we've seen in the last few games hasn't really been us at our full kind of capability. It's been us at you know, sort of 70%, 75% and not really kind of going fit for obvious reasons. We don't want to get injured or whatever uh, and, and mess up our chances for the start of the season. Then you forgot to ask one more question. Um, our home form. Last season, it was the third best in the league. 23 games played, 45 points, 32 goals scored, 16 against. Are we going to get higher or lower in points this season at home than 45? Higher. Both going higher, yeah? Yeah. I'm going to go higher too. And if we do that, we're going to be in the playoffs this year. Mm. So I think you, that's know what, do you know why I say higher? I, I say higher because the players we brought in, I mean, we've, we've got players that are played for the fans as it is anyway, but the likes of Honeyman and Cresswell and Fleming, I think these guys are the guys that will raise their game by 10 20 percent purely from the adrenaline and 100%. the rush from the fans mm-hmm. that those sort of players are quite emotional sort of players and they, they will give it everything you know um and that's why i think our home record this season will be very, very important to us and i think it'll be it'll be pretty good is what we do away from home is what's going to be um the, the question mark i guess but then we had 17th best uh league in the league table last season away from really that yeah. Yeah. so that's where it kind of went against us but we'll have to see what happens and i think you're right mate just get that den full every weekend man this yeah, is well. it come on lads come on yeah, everyone yeah, this is it. absolutely yeah <laughs> exactly mickey feel the den mate come on feel the den no yeah no yeah why not yeah just don't yeah. fight the beer um get pissed anything, to the den. anything else mate you want to say before we go mickey Two, yeah, two things really, I suppose. Only two or, today, are you sure? Yeah, well, a couple, couple. Mickey's fucking in the thing. Um, Mickey's post-game, post-show post monologue. Here we go. <laughs> sadly, um, sadly, we lost um, a great um, a great hero, a great legend to our club um, over the last week or over the last two weeks, um, a player called Phil Walker, um, who was a phenomenal player, a phenomenal servant to our club. Um, and we're speaking to the club. Um, make sure you're there on Saturday because he will be um, remembered um, in probably the best way that they can through the club are doing. Um, I'm going to his funeral on Friday. I've been kindly invited by his door um, with helping to get stuff sorted out. So um, I'll be representing the pod there. But, you know, it's, um, it's not about the pod being there. It's a, just paying respect to a player what, um, as he lightens so many Millwall fans' um, memories of, of football um, back in the time he played, you know, over 170 games, um, phenomenal player back in his day, and, and never really forgot that he played for us. Um, so rest in peace, 
um, Phil. Um, you'll always be at the den, mate. There'll be something about you always at the den. You're in so many people's memories. Um, if you've got any great memories of, of Phil, then please do drop them in info at that millpodcast.co.uk or DM to us, and I'll make sure that his, um, his daughter gets all those. Um, He's one of the first players of, uh, I I always, I I don't, I obviously wasn't around at the time in the seventies, but he's always, he's one of the first, they say, notable black players to play for Mill as well, wasn't it? And kind of at the time as well, when the club's always been modding kind of negativity around that subject, you know, he's one of the ones that pioneered it, wasn't he? I suppose at the time. Him him and Trevor Lee, Mm -hmm. um, phenomenal players. Um, And you've got to understand that, you know, being a black player back then was, you know, the, you know, people talk about football and racism and everything else now. You know, now's nothing compared to what it was back then. And they still played. I mean, he played over 170 games for us. And he wouldn't have played that many games for us if we were as evil as everyone wants to make out we were. Um, look, we're a family. He's part of that family. He'll always be part of that family. Um, and that's it. He's, you know, he's a hero in so many people's eyes. He's, he's in so many people's memories. Um, and for that, he'll live on forever in the Millwall family. Um, going forward on that, we've got a new website now. If you haven't checked it out already, it's that millwallpodcast.co.uk. Have a look at that. We've got a team of young writers. Um, Kai's leading that up. So uh, keep checking that out. Um, and if you're a writer or an upcoming writer or, or an old writer, young writer, whatever, get in touch with Kyle, get in touch with us. Um, and we'll put you in touch. And, you know, he's looking for writers for the show. The last and final thing going for no, 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 no. That's two Shut things, up. mate. That's no, you said two. Listen, yes, listen, you're done. Listen. You're done. You're there's done. a fantasy, there's a fantasy championship football league. Um, what we're doing that Mill Podcast Fantasy Championship League, which will be out any day. Make sure you join in, make sure that you beat Omar. And at the end of the season, I'll buy you a beer if you beat him. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, guys. What I'll do is I'll pick a team of goalkeepers and we can all beat Mickey and then uh, all beat me, sorry, then Mickey could buy you all beer. So there we go. Yeah. We're, we're all gonna do one, aren't we? We're, we're we're all gonna do one. And then um, we're shame the one who don't do it. So, yeah, we'll do something around this Fantasy Football League this year. So uh, there might be some spot prizes and stuff throughout the season. So make sure you're on board. And thank you very much for listening. Um, you're making us do great. We, we're in we're in number three in Sweden in the podcast charts the other day. And we're constantly within the top 50 within the UK. So that's only possible by everyone who's listening. So thank you. Thank you very much. Some days we think, you know, we just do this as a hobby, but when people comment and listen um, and get in touch and, and point us out when we're, we're at the ground and stuff like that, it means the world. So thank you very much. That's it. Definitely. Uh, thanks, Mickey. Joe, thanks for coming on, mate. Anything you want to say before we go? Thanks, uh, no, not really. Just, you know, I'm gutted. I can't be there for the, the Stoke game. We fly out on uh, on Friday, unfortunately. Unbelievable. I know, but... Um, I've asked my son to um, keep me updated with, uh, you know, the, I've got to kind of do that for me now, actually, the, uh, yeah. the commentary, commentary on, on the game. So, uh, yeah, good luck, obviously, to, um, to, to the boys. Hopefully, we'll go and smash it. Are we, are we doing our predictions, are we? Go on, then. Go on, then. I, I went for we've, we've, we've already had Omar, so yeah. Seeing as you, as you, are you, I don't know if you're going to be on our show later in the week, mate. So, go on, Joe, give us your prediction, mate. For um, I'm going to go for 3 1. 3 1 Millwall, of course, yeah. Uh, Mickey, I'll ask you probably later in the week, but do you want to give one now? Maybe we'll change your mind later in the week. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go 3 1. 
Three one. There you go. Two three ones and one four nil from me. Our biggest win of the season. So you know we're going to peak yeah. early, but hopefully sustained it for the rest of the season. A few more four nils be thrown in there along the way. Um, but yeah, cheers guys for watching. And as always, like the video, subscribe if you're new. And as Mickey said, it's a great pleasure doing the show as always. So see you guys soon. When you bundle your renters and auto insurance with Progressive, you could save money, but it doesn't cover any terrible memories living rent-free in your head. Remember when one of your best players got injured, but not like on a play or anything? He got injured celebrating a play, and it's not like it was a game-winning play or in the playoffs, and he was out the rest of the season because he was injured while celebrating? Yeah. Sorry, we can't save you from that memory, but we could save you money bundling your renters and auto insurance with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Renters insurance and bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This summer, when you're on the go, stay connected to what matters most with access to over 3 million Cox Wi-Fi hotspots. Learn more at cox.com. Ask Ashley the podcast is sponsored by Cox. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.